2: Have you made a decision as to whether you're going to testify? Yes, sir. All right. And what is your decision?
3: I am going to testify. I want to testify.
1: Alec Murdoch decides to testify in his own defense, saying he didn't kill his wife Maggie and son Paul. Will the jury believe him? I'm Anjanelle Levy, and welcome to Law and Crime Sidebar Podcast, where we are taking a look at the top moments from Alec Murdoch's testimony. Alec Murdoch taking the stand was not really that big of a surprise. We were heard it was a possibility, but obviously it's very risky, and it was Alec Murdoch's decision, one of the only decisions he really got to make during this trial. Listen to what his lead attorney, Dick Harpootlian, said when asked about this.
2: Mr. Harpootlian, do you need any additional time to confer with Mr.
4: Murdoch he indicates he doesn't need to talk to me That's hurts my feelings but we don't uh, we don't need um, any break however your honor he does need to visit the restroom before we start this process
1: So let's get straight to it. First off, Jim Griffin asked Alec Murdoch directly whether or not he killed Paul and Maggie.
4: The defendant, Richard Alexander Murdoch, wishes to take the stand. On June 7th, 2021, did you take this gun or any gun like it and shoot your son Paul in the chest in the feed room at your property off Moselle Road?
3: No, I did not.
4: Mr. Murdoch. Did you take this gun or any gun like it and blow your son's brains out on June 7th or any day or any time?
3: No, I did not.
4: Mr. Murray, did you take a 300 blackout such as this and fire it into your wife Maggie's leg, Mm -hmm. torso, or any part of her body? No. No. I did not. Did you shoot a 300 blackout into her head causing her death?
3: Mr. Griffin, I didn't shoot my wife or my son anytime. Ever.
1: Now the big question was why did Alec Murdoch lie about being at the dog kennels at 844 that night? We all heard his voice. Several people said it was him. You could clearly hear it. He can't deny it. This is what he said.
4: Mr. Murdoch, is that you on the kennel video at 8.44 p.m. on June 7th, the night Maggie and Paul were murdered? It is. Were you, in fact, at the kennels at 8.44 p.m. on the night Maggie and Paul were murdered? I was. Did you lie to Sled Agent Owen and Deputy Laura Rutland on the night of June 7th and told them that you stayed at the house after dinner?
3: I did lie to them.
4: Did you lie to Agent Owen and Agent Croft on the follow-up interview on June 10th that the last time you saw Maggie and Paul was at dinner?
3: I did lie to them.
4: And in the interview of August 11th, did you tell Agent Owen and Agent Croft, did you lie to them by telling them that you were not down at the kennels on that night?
3: Yes.
1: Now the timeline in this case is incredibly tight. That video at the kennels was recorded by Paul at 8.44 p.m. Maggie and Paul's phones lock five minutes later at 8.49 and Alec Murdoch's phone wakes up at 9.02 and then he later goes to his mom's house. This is what Murdoch said about what happened after that video was recorded. And he said he took the chicken out of Bubba's mouth.
4: Did you get the chicken out of Bubba's mouth?
3: I did, I took the chicken from Bubba and I put it um. On, on top of that.
4: No. Now we've seen, you know, this video of Paul um, with Cash Rogan's doll. Did you know? Did you know that was going on? What, what do you remember about that?
3: About. Yeah, I, I knew Paul was. I knew Paul was fooling with. Um, when I pulled up on the golf cart, Maggie was standing back, sort of where the driveway would be. Um, it, it sort of runs out at the feed room. Um, the storage rooms, what we call it. It's been called the feed room, um, but it sort of ran out. Maggie was a little bit further up where she could see back in that angle where the dogs were. Paul was fooling with um, Rogan's dog back towards the kennel. If I remember when I first got there, Paul was more in the driveway, but then I knew Paul was in the kennel fooling with cash, yes. But did I know what he was doing? I didn't know exactly what he was doing.
1: So Murdoch said that he knew that Paul was doing something with Cash over there at the dog kennel, but he didn't know exactly what. And it clearly sounds like he didn't realize that Paul was recording a video to send to Rogan Gibson, Cash's owner. Rogan, of course, never received that video. It was never sent. One of the big questions in this case is where are Alec Murdoch's clothes that he was wearing in that Snapchat video that Paul sent to his friends at 7.56 p.m. the night of the murders? Let's listen to what Alec Murdoch said about his clothes.
4: Um, the, the clothes that we saw in that Snapchat video was, is uh, was that the clothes you had on, at work
3: that day? Yes, that, those are the clothes I had on at work that day.
4: And the, and the jury's seen you in, um, in those clothes and, and what's on,
3: on June 7th. How tall were you and how much did you weigh? um on june 7th well i'm i'm six a little i'm a hair over six four right at six four on june the 7th i was about 265 pounds
4: 264 265. and um
3: and this was in june june 7th yes sir
4: when you're outside riding around and doing do you get hot and sweaty
3: absolutely i mean paul and i had done some things we we unloaded the bulldozer, cleaned the bulldozer, we'd fool around. Yeah, I mean, i sweated. I was, you know, I was heavy. And uh, taking prescription pills also makes you sweat worse, or at least taking oxycodone makes you sweat more than you normally do.
4: So was it unusual for you to take a shower when you got back to the house? Not at all. And that, when you... After you took a shower, what did you change into?
3: I changed into the clothes that you've seen in this trial, shorts and the shirt. What I asked Blanca about specifically was, did she remember getting my clothes after she came back, um, when, she, when she came back to Moselle, did she remember getting my clothes, is specifically what I asked her.
4: I see. And and why were you asking her those
3: questions? Because on August the 11th, they had made an issue about me wearing, still wearing those clothes, not having changed clothes when I was in that Snapchat video. So that's why I went to Blanca.
4: Did they ever ask you on August the 11th whether, um, I mean, ask you for those clothes? Can you produce the clothes? Did they ask you that?
3: No, they didn't.
4: Have they ever asked you for those clothes?
3: no as far as my understanding goes my clothes were never an issue in this case until y'all figured out as my lawyers figured out that there was no blood spatter on me i'm well aware that my clothes never became an issue in this case until my lawyers proved that this blood spatter that they said I had on my shirt from my wife and my son was a lie. And that there was no blood on my shirt. And once they filed the documents and they proved that that was a lie, all of a sudden, the clothes I was wearing back on that day became an issue. And that's in the weeks leading up to the trial.
1: Still the big question is, where is that blue shirt? We still haven't heard. Next, uh, Alec Murdoch described going back to the house immediately after the visit to the kennels.
3: Did you go back to the house? I went straight back to the when, house, to the air conditioner.
4: And what'd you do when you got back to the house?
3: I lay down on the couch.
4: And then what? Well, let me, was the TV on when you went back?
3: yeah the, I mean the, 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 the TV never got cut off,
4: so you went back to the house you lay down on the couch and then what happened next
3: i'm not uh I'm not positive I dozed off for a minute or didn't doze off for a minute, but uh, I got up off of the couch uh, and i was I, I made up my mind I was going to visit my mom.
4: Had you spoken to Barbara Mixon earlier in the day
3: I
1: did. I talked to Barbara most
3: days. If I didn't see her, I talked to her.
1: Murdoch then described returning from his mother's house to Moselle and discovering Maggie and Paul's bodies.
4: Did you see them on the ground when you're pulling up in your suburban? I did. And what'd you do when you came to a stop, Alec?
2: I think I jumped out of my car. I'm not exactly sure what I did, but you no, know, I got out of my car. I you know I ran back to my car, called 911. I was I called nine one one. I was on the phone with nine one one and I was trying to tend to Paul, I was trying to tend to Maggie. And I just went back and forth between them.
4: Were you um, going to Paul and Maggie while you were on the phone with the nine one one operators?
3: Yes. Okay. Yes.
4: And in a little bit, I'm going to play the nine one one tape. But I just want to ask you, and and you've told law enforcement has been played here in the court. Um, did you? What did you do when you went up to Paul at some point in time?
2: And Paul, Paul was so, he was so bad. At some point, I know. I, I mean, I know. I tried to check him for a pulse. Um, I know I tried to turn him over.
4: When you say you tried to turn him over, why were you trying to turn him over? I
2: don't know. I don't know. I don't know why I tried to turn him over. Me and my boys laying face down. (laughs) He's. Done the way he's done. His head was the way his head was. I could see his I could see his brain laying on the sidewalk. I didn't know what to do. I mean I, I, I tried to turn him over to so grab him by the belt loop.
3: I' try to turn him over. Uh, and when I did, his phone popped out was, I mean his phone popped out. And just picked it up and I put it right back there.
4: Do you have any idea how
3: it popped out? I mean, I know it came out of his pocket when I pulled on his belt loop, when I, when I pulled him to, to turn him over. And it just popped out, and I mean, it popped right beside him. It sat right beside him.
4: Were you, were you able to turn Paul at all?
3: I mean, I I, I didn't. I don't know if I was able to. I didn't turn him over,
1: Jim Griffin then asked Alec Murdoch to explain some of the language he used on that 911 call. Take a listen.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. <laughs> Nobody. They're not
3: even
0: one of them. <laughs> what is your telephone number? Nine four
3: two twelve
4: twenty seven. I'm going back to my house just to get a gun, just in case. I'm about to. Did you go back to the house and get a gun? I did. And was, was this the gun that, that you got: And how did you load this gun? What, I mean, what did you load it with, If anything?:
3: That was gun as best I can remember. I believe I got that gun off the pool table where you heard there was some other gun. I think that gun was laying with that pool table. I'm not positive, but I'm pretty sure it was on that pool table. It would have been the first place I came to. I know I was grabbing the first gun I could get. I grabbed a handful of shells out of the um, that I could get my hands on. I know the I know the gun had a shell in it um, that I loaded, and I I know I had a few shells. So,
4: hey, have you seen in this case where there was a 16 gauge shell put in that gu- gun?
3: I've seen in the records, and I've seen and heard in the testimony that I put a 16 gauge shell in the gun.
4: Is that a 16 gauge shotgun? It's
3: not a 16 gauge shotgun. Why'd you put a 16 gauge shell in it? I obviously didn't realize what I was doing. I mean, I know you can't put a 16 gauge shell in a 12 gauge gun and not, I mean, I've been hunting my whole life. I know you can't do that. That's that's, that's not a mistake I would have made. That's not a mistake I'd have made under any circumstances other than that night.
4: Why did you go back to the house to get a gun?
3: I just didn't know. I didn't know. I mean, <clears throat> I
2: don't know. Solid. I don't know. I mean, it's just. I I didn't know if somebody was still out there. I don't know. I guess I I didn't know.
1: One of the things people are wondering is how is he going to handle the financial crimes he's accused of because he gets up there on the stand and he has to basically answer questions about that. He's still charged with these crimes. He hasn't yet been convicted. Listen to what Murdoch said.
4: The jury's heard uh, about uh, testimony of you Stealing client funds did you do that? I did did you did. S- steal um, or divert that Ferris fee away from the law firm
2: I did um,
4: how did you get in such a financial predicament that led you to steal money that wasn't yours
3: no, I'm not quite sure how I let myself get where I got, but it came from, you know, I battled that addiction for so many years. I was spending so much money on pills. I got in a spot I couldn't.
4: Now, what type yeah. of addiction are you referring to?
3: Um, my my addiction is to, is to opiate painkillers and and specifically oxycodone oxycontin
1: so there you have it thanks so much for listening that's it for this edition of law and crime sidebar podcast you can download and listen to sidebar on apple spotify google and wherever else you get your podcasts and of course you can watch it on law and crimes youtube channel i'm anjanette levy and i'll see you next time